This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you again. Thanks, sir. We're going to jump into topic in just a moment, but I want to remind everybody, you can go to practicalshepherding.com and access any kind of articles. Uh, All our books are there. Other podcast episodes, there's tons of podcasts. We get asked all the time, have you uh, recorded on this or asking us to record on something? We've already done it. And so make sure you check that page out if you have any questions about what we have recorded as far as conversation. And uh, let us know if there's a way we can serve you. You can go to the contact page and write us uh, directly. And if there's a way we can serve you or help you in any way, please do that. You can also reach us through social media, Facebook and Twitter and those kinds of accounts. Uh, We spend a lot of time, Jim, on the podcast talking about difficult sheep and the difficulties of pastoring. And it's good that we do that because there are a lot of challenges about mm-hmm. being a pastor and things. Today, we want to shift gears a bit and balance that out to some degree, which needs to be done. And that is we want to talk about the sheep that are actually pretty easy to, sh- to shepherd mm-hmm. as a pastor. Uh, sheep that are that are rarely burdens and actually blessings uh, so right. much of the time. So we And we know that we know that there's examples of this in the New Testament, and hopefully we all know there's examples in our own lives and ministries around it, but will you set this up biblically on how the New Testament talks about there's actually people we care for that can be a blessing? And Brian, I want to start by saying I think we need to recognize this is actually the bulk of ministry, and for most pastors, I think this is the bulk of their ministry. Mm-hmm. And Brian, setting up biblically, you could turn to things like, just top of my head here, Romans chapter 16, where Paul gives a long list of people that are helpful to him, a blessing to him, yeah. a delight to him, people that, that, that are, and then the letter, you know, throughout the uh, epistles, uh, the commendations that are given that start almost every epistle, Galatians is a, is, is a um, an anomaly, mm-hmm. but generally begins even even among the Corinthian church that there are people there that were a help and a blessing, even though some of them weren't, and, oh. and, and, and Paul's honest about that too. Yeah, that's right. But I think about what Paul says, for instance, in Philippians chapter 4 as he starts off there, where, where he speaks affectionately toward the people of God. He, he, he refers to them as his beloved. He calls them uh, a joy and a crown, and then he uses that same expression in First Thessalonians to talk about the people of God there. And even if you go through the First Thessalonians, which is, I think, an excellent book to consider it from this perspective, because it was such a delightful church, obviously, to the Apostle Paul, and he thought often of their ready reception of the Word of God. He spoke of their obedience to the Word of God. He spoke of their exemplary lives uh, among the churches and how others were following them. And these are these are people that he obviously he he recognized, and then he spoke to them, and he spoke about them. He spoke about them to themselves, and he spoke about them to others in a way that that somebody listening to him would listen to him uh, as a happy man uh, doing thing, doing something that he loved as, mm-hmm. as he provided uh, food and counsel, spiritual food and spiritual counsel uh, for the people of God. And again, I say that because very often— of necessity at times, a lot of our attention 
is taken up throughout the week with people who are in crisis or trying to help somebody who's disaffected, who's thinking about leaving the church, and it takes all our time. And so the, the, the possibility is that that happy couple, that couple that you know is a delight, but they, you don't ever express that to them. When, they, when you talk about pastoring, it's, oh, it's a burden, it's a hardship, and they're thinking, am I that way too? Mm-hmm. And, and so, but the problem can also be not just that they go unappreciated, is that they can be neglected, that they might need counsel too. They might need some of your time too. They might need some of your attention. And you tend to think, ah, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to bother with them. They're easy, uh, so they can be neglected either by way of ministering to them or neglected by way of appreciation. So that's a couple of initial thoughts. Yeah, that's good. That's a that's a helpful way to look at it. And and I think you're you're right. That's probably the first takeaway with this is that not only do they exist these these people of our church we care for who are who are blessings to us, but they oftentimes aren't the don't become the priority. Because we're often dealing with the crisis, we're dealing with the difficulty. In fact, we've talked about this. We've talked about this on the podcast through through the the COVID time. You know, there there's this. You know, what absolutely needs our attention right now? And squeaky wheels that, get the oil. That's right. So, I think we just need to. We first need to start off by reminding pastors that most of us function that way, whether we know it or not. And when the with the people who are not burdens, the people who are Usually not asking a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones that oftentimes get neglected. So let's first approach this, Jim. With uh, I think that when, I think this is the first place we need to start in regard to a, a pastor evaluating how well he balances his his pastoral care with with different kinds of people. I find that if pastors get ten compliments on a sermon and one criticism, that the one criticism eats him alive all afternoon and the 10 you know the 10 encouragements almost get forgotten they certainly don't get balanced out now that's that's a gross generalization to make, to make a point though well a lot of pastors just focus on the one criticism i think that's how some pastors evaluate their people and that, that and and why the the blessings of the people you get to care for who are not burdens but blessings gets overlooked even just not given attention and are neglected because for whatever reason we're we're giving all of our time to the people who are more, either more difficult or more burdening. I mean, there's you know there's the crisis people and we need to care for, but then there's also just high maintenance difficult people in the church. Right, they take a lot of our time. So I, I want to at least put that out there. I think every pastor needs to evaluate how well do you celebrate the people who are easier and more of a blessing. And we have to start there, I think, because we can talk about this. We can talk about Paul. Saying you know the blessing that so many were, and we can talk about our own experiences. But if a pastor listens to this and has and looks through a lens of really not giving the honor and the due attention to the people who really are a blessing and a help to him, uh, he's too focused on the the criticisms. Uh, I think we need to start there because otherwise it's just going to be the same lens they listen to our conversation through. Right. I, I think Brian, you know, there's a sense in which it's somebody who focuses on criticism. It, it's hard not to, in a sense. It's, it, so I would liken it to a toothache. When you when you have a toothache, or a really bad toothache, 
it gets all your attention, you know, and you may think to yourself, Hey, you know what? My kneecaps are great and my hips aren't hurting and, uh, my heart's in good condition, but none of that matters. Cause this has your attention, thick. you know, yeah. And, yeah. and the rest of your body is totally healthy. Uh, you, but you may turn your attention and go, you know what? I'm so thankful the rest of my body is healthy right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we just need sometimes to be able to, to turn that around the other way. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think also we need to be able to, to look at this, I'm going to do this maybe from a more, I want to call it selfish, but from a, a centering on ourselves as pastors with this. A lot of men suffer with guilt. I mean, it's, Brian, it's obvious even in some of the, the comments we get or people asking us to help. People are, the pastors struggle with feeling guilty about stuff. They, they, we're, we're going to talk about this, I think, in a future podcast. They struggle with managing expectations. They fail. Some people like, well, how come we didn't have more baptisms? So, you know, how come more people aren't coming? If you were a better preacher, more people. How come my daughter's not, not a Christian? It's, you know, it's your fault and, and all of this. Yeah. And we can look at these things and 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 be crushed uh, under that because of a, a few complaints. Mm. But we also need to recognize that if there are healthy, well guarded sheep, that under God we had a part in making them that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when you see maybe somebody came in and they were they were malnourished, spiritually malnourished, and now they're a nice, fluffy, healthy, uh, happy sheep. To be able to thank God that I had a, a part in that and not, again, not just look at, yeah, but a guy wants to resign. Yeah, but that marriage is falling apart. Right, right. Yeah, but that teenager is going astray. Mm-hmm. And if I were really a good pastor. And so I, I liken it, both the pain of this and some of the confusion that can come. It's like a parent that has, I've known, I know parents like this, they have 10 children, nine of them follow the Lord, one doesn't. And and rather than like saying God, you've been so extraordinarily good, they they're in anguish. Like, what did I do wrong? And yeah. you want to say, listen, it's obvious you didn't do anything wrong. If the kids on either side of them are healthy and happy and converted and content, it wasn't that you somehow treated this ninth child or the fifth child in some horrible anomaly. No, you treated them all the same. They are their own person, and they make their own decisions. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes. A sheep can be very well fed and have the best food, most nourishing food, and they're not going to eat it, or they reject it. That's not your fault, and and, and, and and you need to remind yourself as you're grieving that or feeling guilty of that, that there's all these other ones. You look around, look around you, and see the happy sheep. Yeah, so. and to and to you to further that illustration. Uh, the God uses the nine that follow him as a way to encourage you to keep pressing on as a parent. Right. I think we apply the same thing yeah, here. And, and it should, but what I'm getting at, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, again, you're so guilt-ridden. That's what so, I mean. So right. Yeah. That's my you, point. You should look at it. Right, right. So, you, you should look at it with thankfulness. So I want to take a few minutes. Let's let's talk about maybe how, to, how does a pastor identify who these people are? Because I think in some ways, because a lot of pastors focus on the negative so much, they have a hard time identifying who are these sheep that actually fall into this category. So let's just kind of go back and forth. What's one characteristic of a of a a sheep that is a a blessing and and you know easy to care for in your mind? Okay. Uh they're there. Okay. They're there. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Um I will uh, I'll throw one out and say uh they sh- they show a concern for you. Mm. Like, you know, 
you always, this is one of the ways I, I identified it constantly on a Sunday is you walk around and, you know, you're doing the pastor thing. You're walking around how, asking how everybody is, and they usually respond with whatever's going on with them. Right. And uh, and I there, there are about three or four people on a, every Sunday that would greet me differently. You know, right. they'd give me a quick answer. This is going on, this is going on. But, hey, how are you? What's mm. going on with mm-hmm. you? Uh, that That experience every Sunday meant a lot to me, and that became a real distinguishing mark for me. On one, who are the happy sheep? I mean, who mm-hmm. are you know who are not just wanting something from you, but actually showing right. a gen- genuine concern for you, and so that was that was helpful. What's another What's another way to identify? Uh, these? They are striving hard to implement God's will in their family life. That's good um, because I don't, I don't, I'm going to view this from the few things bring me more grief than seeing families imploding, mm-hmm. and so when you see a man trying hard to, to love his wife and, and seeing a, a happy wife and, and, and again knowing that that takes work and when you see that happening it's just it's really delightful it's really good I would say um, watching watching uh, members make assertive efforts to care for each other right so when you see someone who's taken initiative like you didn't press them to go do this or do that that's usually someone who f- feels cared for personally. And has something to pour out and give, and a lot of times they're wanting to give to to others. So, uh, I have found that that and of course as a pastor, those people are a huge blessing, right? I yep. mean, they're the, they're the ones that you know you can't do this by yourself. They're the ones that don't expect you to do it by yourself, and they step up and and try to care for people and try to help you care for people. So yeah. maybe another one. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I, I was going to say something very uh, similar along those lines. They're, you know, they're they're generous servers um, in the congregation. They look for opportunities. They don't. They don't always need to be directed. They they look for and meet uh, needs uh, among God's people and, and generously serve them. That, those are things that's certainly something that brings a great delight. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's really highlighting what you said. So let me, let me bring another one. Um, the, the, they are evidently uh, and happily taking in the ministry of the word. I mean, you labor for them. So it's like you're yeah. a, a chef or cook that you know never gets a word of appreciation only only criticism you know so like a guy you know people on Yelp i appreciate the people on Yelp that that write in and say hey this is really good and but that tends to lean toward those who would say oh i had a bad day and you know the service was you know stinky that day and and you know never ever ever come here and 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 those are the things that stick but when somebody actually has a good experience and then expresses their joy of that experience. That's very encouraging. So you took mine, which would normally be okay, but you went twice. But you took mine. You went twice. No, no, I was I was reaffirming you. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's all I was doing. Because well, you took mine. Here's how I was going to say it to affirm yeah, what ahead. you said. They're easily helped by the sermon. Mm. And I want to word it that way because they could find all kinds of things to not like oh, that right, sermon, right? right? But it's the people that come up to you on Sunday and... You can just tell they came, you know, eager to get something out of this sermon, and it was and it was especially helpful to them. And they're able to articulate it, so they took the time to come find you. They took the time to nuance it in a way that's not a pat on the back, nice sermon. Yeah, it's like this was particular thing was helpful. Yeah, I found right. like, now that I have an op- more of an opportunity to go hear hear people uh, preach at different churches than I've had before. Um, I. I know what's helpful for the pastors to not get a you know slap on the back good sermon to hear something specific you right. know 
And and I just know that's helpful. So it's it's fun to know that yeah. and to be and to know that that. So I I went and heard a friend of mine preach this past week, and I sent him a t- I didn't get to talk to him after. I sent him a text and basically said these two illustrations were great. And this and this was a helpful application. I battled this and this was helpful. You know, I'm just checking my text to see if you said that to me when I, after you came and heard me. Preach. No, no, no. But, but I'm already I'm already working on, no, on your, right. your next sermon. So, so all right, let's let's shift here, Jim. From so we've got um, those are just a few, right? So I, yeah. But I think it's important for us to have this com- that conversation because we don't want to assume one pastors know how to identify those people because again they yeah. get overlooked so much in the mix of things. Yes, yeah. and and. It, so I'm going to say one of the things that you really have to think through, go through your directory, go through your membership list. Oh, yeah. It's a good and, idea. And identify them. Yeah. You know, so that uh, I've mentioned before here, Brian, that as an, as elders, when we go through the membership list, we will sometimes color code. I realize this can sound terrible. You're a terrible person to do this. <laughs> but we have red, yellow, and green. And so the green, so we're talking about the greens right now. The greens are the mild yellows. Um, but green is, I really don't have any concern. You know, they're, they're great. They're, they, they, they're, they're loving, they're appreciative, they're giving, they're generous, they're following the word, they're fighting their sin, they're yeah. You know, whatever they're not perfect, they blah blah blah, all those things. But they're doing those things. You yeah. know, they're they're healthy Christians. Yeah. Yellow, we need to make sure that we follow up on this. Red, we're really concerned. I mean, to the point, I don't know if this is a, really a Christian. You know, with this need to be a discipline case. That's the reds. When we do that, and I I don't have the latest list in front of me to break down the percentages, but it's it's generally it's the it's the majority, and sometimes the vast majority, they're in the green. But again, because elders meetings are almost all about the yellows and reds, mm-hmm. and when you come in and say, well, who are we going to talk about today? What's the yellows and the reds? You're going to talk about every time. You're going to talk about the yellows and the reds every right. single time. Right. And it can be wearying. And sometimes just to remember the delight that we need to remind yourselves, you have fellow elders, you know what? The majority of God's people here are unified, happy, thankful to be here, loving and serving each other, appreciative of the ministry. Yeah. They're witnessing. You know, they're, they're the kinds of people any pastor would love to have. Yeah. And that's most of my, you know, most of our flock. Yeah. And so what I hear you saying is we should sit down with the membership directory and either put like a little sunshine next to it. Yeah, a little or smiley a, face. Or, or a skull. You know, either way, depending on we, <laughs> some kind of emoji, maybe leave off the you know the one That's the world we live the, in. You know, one the of them, red, one of them, definitely. You get leave the red, off, yellow, and green. You don't want anybody to find that list. It, it, do not let anybody find that list. List if you do that for sure. <clears throat> so, Jim, just as we as we kind of move to the last portion of this, uh, we've we've helped them identify maybe who right. that is. I think the last thing to talk about is how do we celebrate them. Well, I think we celebrate them first of all by by noticing them, yeah, and yep. and and affirming them publicly and privately. Yeah, that's good. I think there are people that we need to say to them, you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I'm so th- I'm so I'm very thankful for you. I have. There's one of the men in the church that he he writes a text to me fairly regularly uh, about something I've preached. And again, this guy is one of my heroes. I mean, he's just an absolute. Yeah. He's been there the whole time I've been there. Yep. He's been through a lot of hardship in his life. But boy, me and my wife both we talk about him all the time. If if we were putting together Justice League, he'd be our Superman or Batman. Yeah, you right. Know? 
Um, he's great. You know, uh, others in the church who are just so super encouraging, you know, to, and they're often encouraging you, but you know, to turn that around, not just say thank you, but to say to them, you know, uh, like Paul could, I thank my God regularly for you or, or always, whenever I think about you, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to say my first expression is not, oh Lord, how do I help them? But thank you. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the first thing that I would say. That's, I think we, we need to find a way to affirm the work of God in their lives. That's good. I'll take it to the next level and say that one of the things I, I just, I loved doing and never got old, something I miss is I would go to certain people and express my thanks to them. Mm-hmm. And I, and I would be bold about it. I would, you know, I would go to them and, and just say, I just want you, to, I'm going to tell you something. I don't tell everybody here. Mm-hmm. Not everybody fits into this category. Yeah. Like just just distinguish, distinguishing it from the beginning. You you are a huge encouragement to me. And, and you're a blessing to me. Thank you for how you, I feel you care for me. You and seek to encourage me. Right. Not everybody does that. And I just want to say thank you to you. Right. And I loved doing that. I mean, just the... What that does is because obviously it's somebody who's usually felt cared for by you, and so it's very meaningful to them first mm-hmm. of all. But, but I think that's the starting place. Like, how do you celebrate these people? Go to them individually, and you know, you don't want to get specific. I'm you are encouraging so and so is not, but you are. Like, you don't want to call names <laughs> out. But I'm saying, but right. But, but I, I make no apologies to go to them and say, oh. I'm willing to say, not everybody blesses me, right? Encourages me irregularly but you do, here's how you do it, thank you. Uh, is I think articulating that in a specific way is is good for us as pastors. It makes us, like we're talking about, it makes us go there. It makes us make the effort to encourage somebody and just to verbalize that you know, to somebody. I mean, that's 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 something to be open and vulnerable, honest about to somebody. And Because obviously they could, they could turn around and, I guess, take that and use it against you and weaponize it. But, I mean, yeah. so it, there's a little bit of risk in that. But to still to go and articulate Absolutely. it, there's something really good for us and the person, I think. How, what's, what's another way you would celebrate somebody? Make sure you spend time with them and, and properly shepherd them. And part of that, what I mean is that I spoke about commending but also uh, commending, appreciating, noticing them, but also don't assume that just because they're generally healthy, everything's great, you know? That's right. um, And so you have a situation, say for instance, where, um, you know, we mentioned a family where maybe there's one of the kids, there's five kids, one of them's the renegade, and and they're the one who's always talked about, they're the ones always prayed for, they're the ones that, you know, all the conversation and, or say one of the kids has leukemia or cancer or something like that, and the healthy kids well, they don't get the extra treats. They don't get to go to Disney World. They don't get you know. They don't the get extra you know, time. Right. They don't yep. get the extra time, and so ball games get neglected. Uh, school gets neglected for them because you're focusing on the one who's sick. That's a good illustration. And, and, and I think that you know to be able to say, hey, listen, in the midst of this, I, I'm not forgetting you. You know, uh, I see you. I notice you, and and also that, yeah, hey, it's not cancer. But you're you know you're going through your own little tr- you know trouble or right. trial. So some of the green folk may be having some an issue with one of their kids or their or their you know they may they've lost their job or you know, whatever it is and they're generally spiritually healthy but you know you need to make sure you shepherd them too and not just right. think oh they're great you know, I, I'm so glad I don't have to worry about you I have to worry about everybody else I don't have to worry about you that's a great word and I really love the illustration about comparing it to a parent and a kid yeah. because uh, because that in that captures it because that kid usually feels left out and yeah. neglected though they may be almost 
a kid in that situation almost feels punished that they're doing fine. That right. Punished that they don't have cancer. Right. right? They get neglected. So, yeah. Right. They're neglected because they're healthy. I think that's a helpful illustration to and a good way to motivate us to make sure we're we're continuing to to care for folks who who are blessing and doing well. My last word on this is just kind of a caution to the other side, and that's uh, pastors who avoid the hard ones and m- just always want to be around the people who are encouraging and helpful to them. Right. Uh, that's not most pastors, by the way. Most are drawn to the other side out of obligation and calling. Right. But I do feel the need to at least bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, that if that we want to warn pastors to make sure it's a balanced approach with both sides, and don't don't feel like it's your it's impossible for you to swing to, especially if you're having a hard time and you're discouraged and you just surround yourself and spend time with the people who are easy. Uh, and avoid the hard things. So mm-hmm. that's not what this podcast was about. But I want—I feel the need in the midst of this to balance even the conversation out a little bit mm. by highlighting that. So having said that, Jim, will you take a minute and pray yeah. for for pastors to just find this balanced approach around this? Mm. Heavenly Father, we want to give you thanks for the uh, various places in which you have placed us by your providence to shepherd the flock that's among us, among whom the Holy Spirit has made us overseers. And Father, thank you that there are in our congregations men, women, and young people who are striving hard after you, loving you, loving one another, uh, feeding and feasting on the Word and encouraging us. Father, we grieve at times that because we are distracted that that people like that can be neglected in our congregations or we we publicly vent a frustration with the congregation when so many are encouraging heavenly father help us to to be like you are uh, as is evident as the holy spirit inspired the word to be written and how many commendations and encouragements there are uh, to those who are who are striving hard uh, to be well-pleasing to you. You're a good Father, and help us, Lord, to imitate you in our ministries. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.